millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Exactly a year to the day since becoming European champions, England prepare for their final Group D match against China without midfield maestro Kira Walsh. Could Georgia Stanway be the solution to the Walsh-sized gap? I'm always ready, um, whatever the circumstances is. Um, my time at City, I've played every single position going. So, yeah, I'm ready for whatever's thrown at me. Um, and I know that I'll do the job for the team. Serena Wiegmann is giving nothing away, but knows the threat China will pose in Adelaide. They have a recognisable um, style of play. And yes, we have really analysed them well again, so we are prepared. We'll hear more from the England camp as well, with Tottenham's Bethany England talking about her World Cup debut against Denmark. And we'll bring you post-match reaction from the Republic of Ireland's draw against Nigeria. We're getting closer and closer and closer in everything. We can face everybody. We'll also bring you a roundup of the rest of the day's action and games from over the weekend as we break down who needs what as the group stages draw to a close. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Alessia Russo and you can listen to all of England's games in the World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? What a day and what a weekend of football. It's getting edgy, isn't it? Republic of Ireland get their first ever World Cup point. Obviously not enough. We knew they were already out, but Australia are into the last 16. Delighted to say that fresh off commentary duty from the Republic of Ireland, Birmingham City's Remy Allen's with me. How are you doing? I'm good. Hello again. A goalless draw to end on. Disappointing. And we will analyse the Republic of Ireland's final match and Australia's win later in the show. But we have exclusive audio from the England camp to bring you first and foremost as they prepare for their final Group D match with China on Tuesday. The Lionesses have flown to Adelaide knowing that a win or a draw will send them into the last 16. Uh, If they top the group they will face Nigeria but they know they're going to have to play without influential midfielder Kira Walsh. We did have some good news from the FA over the weekend. Good in inverted commas. She didn't suffer the dreaded ACL injury we all feared. Still no definitive prognosis and they're staying tight-lipped on it but I don't think we're probably going to see her throughout the rest of the tournament, but good news at least it's not an ACL, Remy. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, that was, I think, the whole of the country and the world was buzzing when they heard that. 
Um, but it, it doesn't look great. The fact that they're not really letting us know what's going on, the way she went off, I would imagine there's something a little bit more, but obviously not as serious as an ACL. So I won't imagine we'll see her for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, they must have the scan results, but they're just not sharing with us. But at least she's in Terrigal at their base camp recovering and is still part of the squad uh, for now at least uh, now our England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk watched a training session in Adelaide where the rest of the team have travelled to earlier on and she spoke to manager Serena Wiegmann ahead of the match against China. You've had a time to look around the stadium, the pitch it's a little bit of a different atmosphere I think from the other from the other two stadiums, slightly smaller so how are you feeling a- about that and you know, are you liking the look of it so yeah. far? Yeah, it is indeed a smaller stadium with open corners. And we haven't played in stadiums like this for a long time. Uh, shows how the, the growth of the game, the capacity of this stadium is 16,000 sold out, uh, which is nice. But uh, lately we have played mainly in the bigger stadiums. Uh, the pitch is amazing, really good. Uh, I think they said it's the best that won an award or best in the country. So, um, no, it's really good. So, um, yeah, and that's, that's the most important thing, a good pitch. Definitely. And in regards to Kira, while she's not travelled with the squad, is that so she can fully focus on her recovery back at base camp? Yeah, absolutely. You know, then travelling doesn't help. So she watch, will watch from the hotel. Brilliant. And in terms of, of China now, a, a different opponent again, are you expecting something completely different for the first two games? Yeah, a little different. Um, it's nice you play dif- three different countries from different continents. So they all bring a little different football culture with them. Um, so it's different. They have a recognizable um, style of play. Um, and yes, we have really analyzed them well again. So we are prepared. And I know you can't tell me too much, but in terms of training and, and what you've been doing, what's been the focus? Yeah, well, we, we haven't been able to do a lot, of course. It was mainly recovering from um, the Denmark game because it's a very short turnaround, mm. recovering and then uh, start up training sessions and have really some, some tactical things uh, to get ready here for tomorrow. And has that been quite a, an issue with this tournament in terms of there's a lot of travel, you're based over a wide area. So in terms of the training methods and working with the doctors and, and strength and conditioning, is that something that's you know, been a lot of change, for example, compared to the Euros? Yeah, that's a little bit change from the Euros. I think we have been a bit lucky with, with we don't have that much travel. Other countries have more travel, so with the, with the draw, that was a positive thing for us. Uh, and yes, uh, a, lo- a long time before this tournament started, we knew what the travel would look like and, and things like that. So we have been prepared. Uh, we have been preparing for that. Listen, Serena Wiegmann never gives anything away, does she? But how do you, if you put your Serena Wiegmann hat on and become Remy Allen England manager, how do you fill the gap that Kira Walsh leaves? Listen, it's hard. I, let's be honest. There isn't anyone that can do what Kira can do. So it's about adapting. And that's, you know, you're not asking Georgia to stand way to play in there and do what Kira does. You're not asking Zellum or Coombs to come in and do what Kira does. So the girls are going to have to adapt and maybe play in a slightly different way. Doesn't mean they're not capable of doing it, but ultimately it's not ideal. No, it really isn't ideal. Georgia Stanway is one of the options, potentially. She was also uh, up for media duties today and spoke to Courtney. First of all, you've had a bit of time now to look around the stadium. I feel like it, it's a bit like home. It's a bit cold. The, the stadium's open. How do you guys feel about it? Um, yeah, I could probably agree with you there. Um, I need to text my family to make sure they bring an extra layer tomorrow because it's a little bit more open and you can feel a little bit of the wind. But yeah, nothing that we're not already used to. Um, being in England, obviously, me being in Germany as well, it's absolutely Baltic there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny you said that. We was walking up the stairs 
downstairs to the press conference and I thought I was on my way up to the local cricket club um, <laughs> with that carpet. Um, but no, the stadium's done really nice. Um, obviously, the pitches might be up there with one of the best grasses that we've seen so far. Um, so, yeah, it's oh, yeah, it's exciting. And you, you seem in a good mood. You seem relaxed, all the girls do as well. So just how were the preparations gone in the, in the last few days and, and obviously post-Denmark? Um, yeah, I think it's just about getting the balance. So when football's on, it's being focused and it's being, yeah, it's being active to that. But I think when you've been able to get off feet and you can relax and enjoy time with your family, which we think is really important just to kind of get that break where you're not thinking about everything and you can just talk about whatever you want to talk about for a few hours. Um, that's really important. And then we've also got a relaxation room at the hotel, um, which is a place where all of us gather just to play mini games or to watch um, yeah, watch other games on TV. And that's a place that, yeah, we just really like the vibes in there. Um, so that's something that, yeah, that kind of splits and balances the mood. In terms of, we know you've got a, a good relationship with Kira Walsh. I'm just wondering, you know, aside from the injury, in terms of how you facilitated that almost, so sometimes within camp it can, you know, you don't want to dwell too much on it. So are you almost taking that out of her hands and maybe trying to be a bit daft, a bit silly, try and get some laughs out of her and, and almost not think about it to an extent? Yeah, definitely. She's always in high spirits, no matter what. Um, like I said upstairs, she was more embarrassed about the fact that she was on the stretcher and that all the attention was on her, rather than the fact that she was thinking about the pain in the knee. And I think that just sums Kira up, is she just wants it to be the least distraction as possible. Um, yeah, I think she was dreading the fact that she had to reply to everyone and say that she was okay, because obviously the whole world went into mourning. Um, <laughs> but no, she's she's in high spirits and... Yeah, she's going to watch the, the game on TV tomorrow. Um, she's already texted me today saying that she's glad she didn't travel because she's gone for a facial. So, yeah, she's not she's not in living a bad and life. And it's a lot warmer in Terragal <laughs> yeah, as well. Exactly. So, double on that. But in terms of you know, looking forward to China now, what are you expecting from them and what test do you think they're going to pose you? Um, China have got a bit of everything. So they've got the possession in the game, they've got the counter-attack in the game um, and they've got a front four which can play any, cross, any way across that four. Um, so yeah, we're expecting a lot of movement up the front so that's something that we've got to deal with and obviously they've won the last game as well. So just another momentum um, for them and obviously for us as well. So I think they're going to just be a different challenge um, that we've faced in this group so far um, yeah three games three different playing styles and just about us focusing on ourselves I think um, just sticking to our game plan it's there for a reason um, and yeah just doing what we do and finally for you personally obviously Kira coming out of the midfield might you know, it, well it's not might it's going to need a change in there a bit of a mix up so you know in, in terms of you are you ready for that in terms of potentially playing a different position yeah I'm ready I'm always ready um, whatever the circumstances is um, my time at City I've played every single position going so yeah I'm ready for whatever's thrown at me um, and I know that I'll do the job for the team um, but yeah, I'm just going to stick to what I've been doing over the last 12 months because something's been clicking um, and yeah, just hopefully that we can get the result that's needed. If it's not Georgia Stanway, what other solutions does um, Serena Wiegmann potentially have? I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think we have a lot to work with. I think possibly our midfield area in terms of our four and eights has been not ideal I mean you could potentially put Zellum in there you could potentially put Coombs in there in my opinion we have to go with a double pivot in and out of possession because you know like I said no one can do what Kira does in possession so I think we need the two, two behind the ball to sort of protect 
out of possession and then also help us in our build phase. So for me, it would be Stanway and then either Zellum or Coombs. Um, but I'll be honest, I think it's a really difficult call to make. I can't even make it and I'm not the manager. Well, I love the fact. I, I feel like the, the team should have this as their mantra at Terragall or just in general at St George's Park maybe of I'll play wherever the manager wants me because <laughs> we've heard that from Rachel Daly. We've heard it now from, from Georgia Stanway. Great that she's you know told us that Kira Walsh is in good spirits. I mean, even had a facial. Can I have some time? to have a facial during this World Cup, please. And me. <laughs> we need it, the amount of hours. Do you know the hours we're working? <laughs> Harder um, than them, look. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, right, let, let's talk about the threat that this China team uh, poses to England. What, what do you think uh, England need to look out for first and foremost? I think, you know, quite a mul- multiple of players now have come out and said the, the three opposition that they've played so far are all so different. And this, again, will be a different test for them. You know, they've got a very good front four, front four who like to interchange positions and you know quick technical players and it'll be something possibly that England haven't faced we haven't looked great defensively so we're gonna have to be really really solid and like you said losing Kira from the middle of the park that also affects you out of possession as well so I think we're gonna have to put on a real professional disciplined performance and hope that going forward off our forward players sort of spark into life a little bit it feels maybe as if they need a bit of momentum, but how do they approach the game knowing that they actually only need a draw out of it? Do they go looking for a statement performance or, you know, is is getting a draw and just kind of getting over the line, you know, just as important? Well, I think they have to block out outside noise, which they are doing. You know, they don't seem to be listening to the media about goals or performances, but they'll be going to win the game. Yes, of course, they want to play well, but they won't be going there going, do you know what, we're going to make this performance amazing so it kind of shuts everyone up. They'll just be going there to be disciplined, be professional, win the game, finish top top of the group. I feel, I mean, I feel as if we on this pod have been quite reasonable about it. But do you feel the outside noise is is unfair? It's still two 1-0 wins and two clean sheets. I don't think it's unfair. I just think it's the reality of the game. You know, it's the same in the men's game. When you win, then becomes pressure, then becomes expectation. So it's relatively new for England because they've never had that. And that's something, you know, that they're having to deal with. But you're going get to that, get that now. The spotlight's on the women's game and it's on the best and they are one of the best. So they have to sort of ride that wave, take it on board. But like they've always said, and they keep making it very obvious, you know, within their within the camp, they're tight-knit and they believe in what they're doing. Yeah, and they should continue to do that because we've seen uh, results, which we'll talk later on, you know, changes all the narrative outside for other teams as well. Right, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you. Coming up, we're going to continue looking ahead to England's final Group D match against China and hear from Lionesses Bethany England and Rachel Daly. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary as well from all the remaining England matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament. I'm Faker Ruthers. Remy Allen is with me, newly signed for Birmingham City. We've heard from the England camp now that they've arrived in Adelaide ahead of tomorrow's final Group D match against China. Before they flew south, though, uh, England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk sat down with Tottenham striker Bethany England and started by asking her how the team have reflected on the Denmark game. First and foremost, obviously, happy with the point um, and the win. Um, we needed that. I think we put out a very strong first half. Um, I think we dominated them really well. Obviously, we know that they had a lot of transitional moments in the late header. 
um, which was a bit nervy for us, but ultimately we got the points, we got we got the win, and uh, yeah, on to the next game. And I want to speak personally now about you. Obviously, getting your first World Cup minutes, you know, speak to me about that, the emotions, and, and maybe speak to your friends and family after as well. Yeah, no, I was buzzing. I think I've said it to everyone. I, everyone could see it, smile on my face, didn't leave me for two days. Um, I've been wanting to represent my country at a major tournament for a long time. Um, again, I didn't get that opportunity last year. Um, so to have got it this time round was an amazing feeling. The only thing I was sad about was that my family wasn't there. They've literally just landed today. Um, but other than that, it was a great experience. And um, I'd have to shout out probably Jess Carter to calm me down on the bench because I was, I was getting a bit irate, like a bit nervous before I come on, but she calmed me down nicely. And you, you spoke about last year not getting those minutes. Obviously, that must be so difficult, but it probably speaks to you you know, as a teammate in terms of still doing that job and, and how well you undertook that. So did that make, you know, the moment coming on even, you know, sweeter, the fact that you'd had your experience that you had last year with the Euros and then obviously making sure you, you're getting on the pitch this time? Yeah, I would 100% say it It definitely made it sweeter. I think you learn a lot in your first tournament and I definitely learned a lot as a person and as a player. I've said a million times, I think it took me at least three or four months to feel after the Euros to feel like I earned that medal just as much as the rest of the girls. It felt like I was... Not that anyone made me feel like I was a spare part or anything like that. I think just personally as athletes, you strive and you want more and I, I wanted to be able to feel like I was helping the team by helping them on the pitch. But I probably, without realising, helped them a lot off the pitch. And it's the same for anyone that doesn't get minutes. You're still there training, you're still helping the group. So it did take me a long time to feel like I earned it just as much as everyone else. Um, and I think that's an important thing to remember is that you didn't just go there for the sake of being a number. You're there because you are good enough and that you deserve to be there. Just a quick one, one that you know has is, is been very... Uh, talked about in the press in terms of, of Kira as well just how is the you know her spirits around camp and you know how are the girls trying to get round her at the minute obviously thankfully it's good news in terms of not the dreaded ACL but she obviously she's still injured and, and she needs that you know arm putting round her. Yeah well like you've touched on it I think just as everyone else feared we're all first and foremost glad it's not the dreaded ACL again we've obviously sadly seen too many of that in our game in the past year um, but yeah the girls are getting around her great she's in good spirits like it said in the press, we all know she's out for the next China game, um, but she's in the best place with the medical staff and her best mates are here. So like everyone's around and making sure that she's in the best place mentally. And I'm sure whatever happens from here on in, she'll she'll come through it better for it. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a case of making sure that she stays in those good spirits. And lastly, you've done my job for me there. You've mentioned China, so looking forward, you know, to that game. What are you expecting from them? And from a personal note, how looking forward are you to trying to get on a pitch again? Yeah, I think we can. It's, it's going to be a difficult one because, again, I think they pose different threats to what we've had in the previous two games. I think we need to be aware of they have got quite a tricky winger out there that we know is one of their stronger key players. So I think it's just about making sure we manage the game. We, we continue to try and be as clinical as possible. And ultimately, it's about getting the job done and getting the win. I know we can be criticised and not always playing the prettiest football, but no one remembers how well you played if it's the result that counts. Um, so for me, I think it's just we, t we take the prep on as we have. We, we stick to the game plan and uh, yeah, fingers crossed we come out on top with that. Bethany England always speaks so well and actually I think many of us thought we wouldn't actually get the opportunity to see her in, in this tournament. How do you think she fared in her, in her World Cup debut? Yeah, I think it was one of, the, one of them for her. It was actually really difficult circumstances to come on, I thought. 
Um, and I think she did reasonably well. She did what was asked of her as such. I think for her, you know, that'll give her massive confidence actually getting on the pitch because like we said, it hasn't fared well for her and I didn't believe she possibly would get on the pitch. Um, so she's got to be buzzing with that. Obviously, she'll want to get on the pitch a little bit more, but she's also a fantastic teammate. So she'll do her job off the field and on the field in training and whatnot to make sure that the girls are prepared whether she plays or whether she doesn't. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because we've now obviously seen Rachel Daly, who we'll hear from shortly, move into that left-back position, which, you know, we all know what she can do. We know she was the WSL Golden Boot winner. She knows what she can do. She fought so hard uh, to, to get up there. She's your former teammate, of course. You know her well. But Bethany England had such a good season for, for Tottenham I feel like she deserves her chance to be the backup striker if Rachel Daly has to stay in that le- left back position for the rest of the tournament yeah and that's the thing you look at it like with Rach Daly and the fact that she isn't getting any minutes as a nine shows you how hard it is to break into that England side but the good thing for Bethany England now is I believe Rach Daly will carry on playing left back for the rest of the tournament so you don't often disrupt your back line and take someone out of left back and put them up top so that may potentially leave Bethany Bethany England with that chance of coming on a little bit more which is possibly something she might not have got earlier in the tournament so it actually bodes well for her Is Alessia Russo going to be feeling the pressure? Um, again, I think it's another one of them that there's probably a block of outside noise. You know, I'm sure Serena and the coaching staff are encouraging her and praising her and trying to make her feel, you know, the best she can. But ultimately, it's hard, isn't it? Like, if you're not scoring as a forward, the pressure comes. Mm. And I wouldn't say she's played brilliantly in either of the games, but, you know, she's a fantastic player and there's no reason why she can't kick on later in the tournament. I've talked to um, Leanne Sanderson, who's part of our commentary team uh, for England on this as well. And it, it feels as if Alessia drifts out a little bit wide at times and maybe just needs to be more of that poacher in and around the box. Yeah, I think so. I think it's something, you know, for club, she probably does a little bit. So it's probably adapting. You know, at the Euros, she she was a sub. She came on, she had a massive impact. I actually think she's brilliant as an impact player because I think she gives something different. I think it's about her now being disciplined and staying a little bit more central, but also being better with a hold-up play when they're linking into her, playing off her and it's sticking. And then, like you said, getting in between the sticks because that's where she's going to score her goals. So if she can get in the box, crosses is a real strength of ours, she should be scoring goals. Yeah. Um, Let's hear now from England striker slash left back. (laughs) Let's just call her a legend, shall we? It's easier. Rachel Daly uh, was on media duties at the weekend and spoke about being utilised back in defence and her connection with Lauren James down the left-hand side. Obviously not where I've played most of my minutes recently for club and things like that, but it's uh, a position that I'm familiar with. Obviously spent the whole last summer playing there um, and probably most of my England career. So it's, it's something that's somewhat familiar to me and like I always say, I'll play wherever for this country. I mean, it's hard not to connect with a player of her ability. Um, she, she's phenomenal. I think you guys actually got to see it on the world stage the other day. But we see that every day in training. Uh, she, she's a joke. She's so good. And yeah, you saw that the other night. But she's a girl that is a young player. Um, you know, we, we have to kind of guide her as well. And I, t- I talked to her a lot. And obviously when I found out I was playing alongside her just behind her we, we obviously chat about it and she's a great girl on and off the pitch so it was easy to connect with her but yeah it was nice to see her shine on the big stage and, and for everyone else to see what we see every day that connection with Lauren James just worked so well and you know even though she's the WSL golden boot winner you'd expect her to to, to stay there as you mentioned earlier on now you and I had this debate 
um, earlier this morning, didn't we? So let's have that debate on the Women's World Cup uh, Daily Show on TalkSport 2, shall we? Um, is there an argument, and this is me, right? I, I put you as the Serena Wiegmann England coach earlier on. Now I'm going to put my coaching hat on. No one would ever give Go me on. a job, believe me. But I'm wondering if there is an argument to move to a back five with Kira Walsh out then you get to utilise Rachel Daly as a, as a left wing back more, which she pretty much operates as anyway. And then potentially Lauren James can be drifting in to the left to support Ella Toon if Ella Toon is, you know, struggling in midfield to get the balls in. And you're looking at me as if to say, this is why you don't work in football, no, Faye. This is why you're a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my instinct with that is, sounds great. If they're prepping, and I'm sure Serena's prepping for a second second system, they have to, in my opinion, they have to have prepped for it because, yes, they're brilliant players, but knowing football and playing the game for so long, it's really hard to spring a new system on somebody and then expect it to go and to work really well. So there's no reason why that can't happen if behind the scenes they're doing the work. And like I said, Serena's a class manager. So there, there definitely has to be a plan B or a second system. Whether it's that or not, I don't know. But there needs to be the prep, in my opinion, for that to happen. I just wonder whether she might just spring a surprise on us all. And they have been prepping this behind the scenes because, you know, certainly whenever I sat down with Serena Wiegmann during um, the Euros, she always talked about the meticulous planning that they had in place. You know, they even had plans in place when she wasn't available because she had COVID herself and had yeah. to watch it back from the base at the at the Lensbury and, and couldn't come to the game against uh, Republic of Ireland. So, you know, I feel as if maybe it's something that her and her team have, have already talked about but as you say you kind of got to see it in training yeah I mean they'll be one of the best prepared teams in the tournament you know that the, the things they have in place at the FA to support the girls is unbelievable they're in a really good place with that and like I said it, it you know it's not reinventing the wheel most teams will have a second system we haven't seen a lot of that recently for England previous we do know she's not afraid to change things if she needs to so it's a possibility you know it could be a 3-4-3 it could be a 3-5-2 they've gone 4-4-2 at times in mm. previous games so you know th there's something there they can work with and the players are intelligent enough to do it yeah I, I thought it might be a 3-4-3 system that we, <laughs> that we might see that's what I thought I'm just saying it here in case it happens tomorrow by the way clip this up I think you need and a new I, job I have a future in coaching surely uh, England take on China on Tuesday kick off from 12 12 o'clock lunchtime. Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson bringing you the live commentary on TalkSport 2. There'll be updates as well on TalkSport. Uh, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you. Coming up, we're going to look back on Republic of Ireland's final game in the tournament and find out how Australia knocked the Olympic champions out of the World Cup. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero, small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Don't forget, TalkSport have live commentary of all England's remaining games across the network. So thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Ruthers. Remy Allen is with me as well. Uh, right, Group B, Republic of Ireland went into their final group game against Nigeria, knowing they only had pride left to play for. The Super Falcons, on the other hand, Nigeria, had their eye on qualification to the last 16 we brought you live commentary from the Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane on TalkSport 2 and here's how it sounded The first meeting between these sides with a lot on the line for Nigeria who are looking to win successive matches at a World Cup for the first time Nigeria now managed to intercept ball it's fantastic through ball to Oshwala, Oshwala in on goal. And that was a golden opportunity. Oshwala driving into the penalty area on the edge of the six yard box. A powerful shot with her right foot, missed the target. Ajabadi who made the run from the 18 yard box, headed towards goal and it's come off the underside of the crossbar. I have to say, Courtney Brosnan, take a bow. That was a world-class save. Absolutely unbelievable as she's got down and managed to parry that to hit the crossbar. Farrelly tees up McKay, McKay with the shot. On the edges of the 18-yard box, Katie McCabe had time, she had space, and she rifled the ball towards goal just yards wide. And that is the full-time whistle here in Brisbane. It finishes Ireland nil, Nigeria nil. A point enough for Africa's most decorated nation to progress for just the third time to the knockout phases. Remy, you covered the game. Was it disappointing Ireland didn't manage to come away with uh, all three points? To be honest with you, I think it was probably a really fair reflection, the draw. Neither teams 
played particularly great. It was sort of, it was a bit of a leggy encounter. I think, you know, Nigeria sat in and were happy to take the draw. I think it was disappointing in the end for Ireland because, you know, ultimately they didn't create enough chances, which has been the theme of the, the tournament. Yeah, it really has been, hasn't it? Disappointing for them. But overall, what do you make of their first showing at a, at a major tournament? Will we see them back at the World Cup again? Yeah, I believe so. You know, they should be so proud of themselves. I think they had one of the toughest groups. They have literally gave every single team in that group a game. It's not been easy by any stretch of the imagination for the other teams. You know, they've been low scoring games. What they've actually lacked is a goal scoring threat. If they can add that to their game, you know, they're very good defensively. So the, the future's bright. Yeah, let's get some reaction from the Suncorp Stadium. Our Republic of Ireland reporter Shabana Hearn spoke to manager Vera Powell and captain Katie McCabe. Before Shaban chatted to Vera, a journalist in the mix zone asked her about her game strategy and some of her substitution decisions during the match. Katie McCabe was quite vociferous in trying to get some changes onto the onto the field, but they, they seemed to come much later than uh, the last game, probably different circumstances. Why would we change? That, that's why I'm asking you the question. I don't yeah. know what the if Katie McCabe says that she wants to change, it doesn't mean she's not the coach. Yeah? Um, everybody was doing so well. So I said, what do you want, Katie, taking the best player off? No. <laughs> players allowed to be emotional and players allowed to, to say that. That's fine. But um, I, during the game, I do it step back and I analyze. And uh, we make changes the moment that it's uh, necessary. I just wondered what your standout memory is. Um, of Ireland at the World Cup in this last couple of weeks? The incredible support that we got from the crowd, from the stands. Uh, I think that is something so special, seeing here 24,000, was it? And I think of the 24,000, 23,999 were Irish. <laughs> um, and that is, that's something that we've never experienced um, on the other side of the world. Uh, I don't think women's football has experienced uh, the, the away crowd the way it's now. And I think Ireland has made uh, a huge impact in that. Uh, from the games, what I uh, take, uh, take out is that we can face everybody. And that if you look at the stats and that we're getting closer and closer and closer, um, in everything, then uh, we're far ahead of schedule. Some suggestions Vera Powell's not going to keep her job going forward. Allegations hanging over her from the NWSL, but they've held their own in Australia. What's your opinion? Yeah, they have. I think, you know, even today in the game, it was crying out for fresh legs. That possibly didn't come. Listen, it's hard being a manager, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes, clearly, with her. Um, I'm intrigued to see, but I don't believe she's going to end up being the manager of Ireland post this tournament. No, that's. I think that is quite a common um, assumption for sure. Let's hear from the captain, Katie McCabe. Shaban asked her to sum up their final game in the World Cup. We're actually a little bit disappointed coming away from it because we felt like we could have actually won the game and, and got three points on the board, um, especially in that first half. I felt we dominated a lot of possession, created some opportunities and got ourselves up the pitch. Um, but yeah, look at our, our first ever World Cup point, so that's something to be very proud of and I am, I'm really proud of the girls. Coming into this game, knowing that your flights home were booked, how was it preparing? Yeah, look, it's obviously really disappointing, um, but after that Canadian game, um, you take a few days to 
to kind of let it sink in. Um, but we still knew um, we, we had to come out and, and play this game and we wanted to, to end on a high um, and make sure we had something on the board. Um, and that's what we've done. We, we fought right to the very end, still trying to create chances, getting in the box. Um, and yeah, look, we, we came away with a point and I do think that's something to be proud of. And haven't looked out of place. You've, you've played two top 10 ranked sides and you haven't looked out of shape at all. Now the focus will be on going on to qualify for the Euros. Yeah, of course. Um, qualifying for our first ever major tournament is something special in itself, but having a taste of it now, understanding what it's like, the back-to-back -back games, the quick turnaround, um, the level, how quick it is, um, it's, it's given us all hunger to, to keep going um, and, and want more. And I think given the Nations League now starting in September and then obviously the Euros, which is the next tournament, um, I still feel there's a lot of growth in this team um, and we can really look to maximise it and look to push on now and, and qualify for more tournaments. Last question, there's um, now rumours around the manager. Do the players stand with the manager Vita Pau at this moment in time? Yeah, look, I, f I think for us right now it's about enjoying this moment, um, enjoying this point we've, we've had. Um, we, we've created obviously tonight um, for, for the first time ever um, that's all we're thinking about at the moment um, it's up to obviously the association to, to make those decisions as players we always we always play um, hard for each other and for the staff and, and for people at home and the nation behind us so that's what we'll continue to do so Republic of Ireland are flying home after two defeats from three. A point on the board, they're positive, uh, their first ever World Cup point in their debut. Um, so it came down to Australia against Canada, ultimately. Sam Kerr was back for the Matildas, but not fully fit, so started on the bench and she wasn't needed in the end. Talk Sports' Alfie Reynolds was watching this one. Full-time Canada nil, Australia four. Australia march into the last 16 of their home World Cup as winners of Group B. Coming into the match, they were under pressure to get a result and avoid the fate of fellow co-hosts New Zealand, who were knocked out yesterday, and they produced their performance of the tournament in front of a packed-out home crowd. Hayley Rasso scored twice in the first, Mary Fowler added a third in the second, and then captain Steph Catley slotted home a penalty four minutes into added time at the end of the match. For Canada, who sat second coming into this game, they head home and Australia will face the runners-up of England's Group D in the last 16. Serena Wiegmann and co will be hoping not to face the Matildas based upon this showing. Full-time, Canada nil, Australia four. So the Olympic champions, disappointing in the end, but great to see that at least one of the co-hosts is going into the last 16. Australia finished the group uh, top, which means that England could potentially take on Nigeria in the last 16. How do you see them facing them? I mean, I think in terms of in possession, we have enough to go and break them down and we have quality. The only thing that would worry me, if we dominate possession, we play into Nigeria's hands because they love to play on transition and they are rapid in so many areas. And I think that would be a real weakness for England. So it does have the potential to be a great game, but I still would fancy us to go on and win it. Yeah, England take on China on Tuesday. Kick-off uh, from 12 o'clock and Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson will bring you the commentary from that game. You don't want to miss it. A draw or a win for England basically means that they will play the Nigerians uh, in that last 16 match. Just a quick word on Australia. They'll, they'll be breathing a sigh of relief, won't they? Yeah, but fair play to them because they've shown that they can handle pressure because how big does it get? them being you have to go and win this game to, to to qualify they've managed to get through that that should give a major confidence I'm still unsure with Sam Kerr I think I was told she didn't even warm up 
So um, I'm unsure how actual fit she's going to be for the next game. But, you know, they've they've got they've weathered a storm. It was difficult for them, but, they, you know, it was a great result in the end. So it's exciting for them. And they didn't need her. So probably are going to get a bit of confidence for the fact that, you know, they've got other goal scorers in the midst. Yeah, and I imagine they've prepped for so long with Sam Kerr as their nine. You know, when she's not there, the game's different. They have to play in a different way. They've had games now to adapt to that. Seems like in this game they have adapted. So, yeah, it's definitely positive moving forward for them. Yep, certainly is. Uh, you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Remy Allen is with me. Coming up, we'll round up all the action from days 10, 11 and 12 of the tournament. <laughs> You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of England Women Dream Bigger. If you do miss this episode live or you duck in halfway through, don't worry about it. We're also available on podcasts, plenty of places you can download us. Start by heading to the TalkSport app to find us. Faker Others and Remy Allen with you. So we've covered off Group B, Australia and Nigeria qualifying for the last 16. But earlier today, Group C also reached its conclusion. We already knew that Japan and Spain were through to the knockout stages, but it was just a case of who finished top and both sides had managed clean sheets in their first two games. They'd scored 15 goals between them as well. I covered this game for Talk Sport and it was an absolute joy to watch because Japan just completely outclassed Spain in, uh, in, in the end and finished top of the group. So that means they're going to stay in Wellington and face Norway in the last 16 while Spain will go and play Switzerland in Auckland. Uh, Hinata Miyazawa is now top in the race for the Golden Boot early stages of course but she scored her fourth goal of the tournament and was involved in all three first half goals actually assisting the second uh, from Rico Uweki as well it was an absolute delight to watch this game Remy Uh, you caught the end of it to be honest with you I thought it was a masterclass I think seeing an opposition execute a game plan like that was brilliant and you know if I'm the coach and I'm the manager I'm absolutely buzzing with that because they did everything right they're so hard to beat they're so hard working but they have so much quality when they counter they were absolutely brilliant and fully deserved the win yeah so clinical as well and they, they just caught Spain with the pants down it fell <laughs> on a number of occasions and the Spain Spain just didn't know how to break them down and I thought it was fascinating they obviously won the World Cup in in 2011 but have perhaps been quite disappointing and um, on the world stage of late but this felt as if what I love about the Japanese is they have so many players that they can call on I think they've used pretty much every single one of their outfield players perhaps bar one in this tournament so far and it feels they can literally just pick up a player and slot them in Yeah, I mean, how much does that show the quality of the squad that they've got? It's absolutely unbelievable. And what that also does is keep the fresh legs. If they've been able to mix it up all throughout the group stages, then then they're in a really good place for the next game. And yeah, every single one of them knows their game plan to a T. And it's like, you know, the left left midfielder could end up in centre mid and know exactly what to do or end up at left back. So they're really well disciplined, really well organised. And it's going to take some beating. Tell you what, they're rapid as well. Uh, Zambia and Costa Rica were both already out, but Zambia still managed to make history, claiming their first ever World Cup victory. Shout out to Costa Rica keeper as well, Daniela Salera, because she made some brilliant saves throughout the tournament. She plays in Costa Rica, but I bet she'll have caught the eye of a number of teams elsewhere, I'm sure. Uh, Group A on Sunday reached its conclusion. Co-hosts New Zealand are out 
and I mean, what a turn up for the books, bearing in mind what we've discussed with regard to, to Norway of late, because they were obviously beaten by the football ferns in that opening match, then put six past the Philippines and, and have ended up finishing second in the group on goal difference. Uh, Sophie Roman Herg uh, with a hat trick. Disappointing, though, to see one of the co-hosts go out in the group stages. They could only uh, manage a draw uh, with, with Switzerland and, you know, it felt like it was in their hands. Yeah, I think on reflection, when they look back at this tournament, they're going to be majorly disappointed because they didn't go out of this tournament due to anyone being better than them or, you know, playing badly. They just didn't take chances. And they, you know, the Philippines game was terrible in in terms of the result for them. So they're going to be really, really gutted and really disappointed and not how they wanted their tournament to go. The Norwegians, though... I mean, they're going to be facing Japan and Japan are going to be rubbing their hands with glee because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes still. We mentioned the situation without a Hegerberg the other day, but Carolina Graham Hansen as well seems to have had a little bit of a, a set two with their coach Hegerisa. To be honest with you, it seems like absolute chaos in camp. And I know obviously the result, the 6-0 is great, but I think that's just papering over cracks and I fully expect... No disrespect to the Philippines, but when they're challenged against a better opposition, I'm not sure they'll cope. No, I agree with you. Group H, they're playing catch-up very much at the moment, it feels. They've only just finished their, their second group game and wow, biggest shop well one of the biggest shocks in world cup history i would say again i was lucky enough to to cover this one for for talk sport two-time world champions germany beaten by colombia by two goals to one 23 places uh, in terms of the rankings is the difference between these two and a team who only ever got their first w- uh, world cup win last week against south korea have managed to to get their se- uh, their, their second um against the former world champions linda caicedo with contender for goal of the tournament putting them ahead Alex Pop equalising from the spot in the 89th minute before defender Manuela Vanegas headed home the winner from a corner in the 6th or 7th minute of of added time I mean the scenes there were so many Colombian fans it it was just incredible to watch yeah unbelievable I mean who would have thought it who would have ever said the Germans would have lost the game but I have to say it was possibly up there with one of my favourite games of the tournament so far there was such high quality on display and it just shows how far Colombian football's come to, to, to the fact that they're not only competing with them but beating them and the goal I thought was world class. It means that the group is so open now as well because I'll explain why in a minute but just a quick word on on Germany. They beat Morocco 6-0 in their opening game and you know we were all waxing lyrical about them but I did say they had fallibilities because I I covered that game as well. God I've had some crackers. I was going to say you are a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah it's just all down to me obviously Um, but the the Germans just didn't know how to cope with the physicality in particular of Colombia. Yeah, and it's possibly something that you wouldn't expect from the Germans because they're really robust, they're really strong, they're really physical. But you're right, they really didn't cope with it. Whether or not, listen, I still think the Germans will go on and do really well in this tournament. Everyone has an off day, but it was disappointing for them because, you know, it really opens that group up and I don't think it's something that they would have ever expected or especially ever wanted. No, and it opens it up because Morocco scored their first ever World Cup goal in their first World Cup win, beating South Korea 1-0. Ibtisam Jaradi in the 
sixth minute. They made more history as well. Nuhaila Benzina became the first player to wear a hijab at a senior global tournament. It means that Group H is still wide open, as we said. Colombia all but qualified for the last 16 because of a superior goal difference to Morocco, who they play on Thursday. Germany just need a draw against South Korea uh, to progress. Um, elsewhere, Sweden booked their place in the last 16. God, this feels like so long ago. There's been so much football since we've been able to uh, to bring you all the news. But they booked their place in the last 16. It was a convincing 5-0 victory over Italy in the end. Not to mention that almost certainly top the group. It puts them in line to most likely face either the Netherlands or the USA in, in the knockout stages. But Italy now need to beat South Africa in their final game on Wednesday to make sure that they qualify for the knockout stages. A draw would only be enough for them if Sweden were to beat Argentina. I mean, we we thought, Remy, that Sweden looked a huge threat after a shaky first game. How how far can they actually go in this tournament? I mean, it's... Listen, if you're playing USA or Holland in the next game, it's tough. I If I'm being brutally honest, I think they're a good side. I think it's a tough, tough ask, especially if you're playing the Americans. I don't see them progressing. I still think the Netherlands have got too much for them as well. But... On the day, listen, 90 minutes of football, but I'm going to back the other two. Yeah, I I think I'm with you on that. But this World Cup is already throwing up so many different um, results that I wouldn't be that surprised. I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise on paper wouldn't be a surprise necessarily um, I tell you what would be France beating Brazil 2-1 in a pulsating match at the Brisbane Stadium keeping their World Cup hopes alive if they'd have lost that or drawn it we could have potentially seen France out but captain Wendy Renard who was a doubt before this game headed home a late winner for them and now it's Brazil who are in danger of heading home instead which would be a real shame uh, Jamaica beat Panama by a goal to nil so France faced the Central Americans on Wednesday needing only a draw to book their place in the last 16. The only way that France wouldn't qualify is if Panama beat them and then Jamaica and Brazil draw. If there's a winner in that game though, are you with me still? Promise? (laughs) Um, And they'll go through alongside France. If it's a draw, Jamaica will go through as they currently have four points to Brazil's three. Following? I mean, maths is not my strong point. (laughs) (laughs) Nor mine. Nor mine. But we're, we're kind of at the business end now, Remy. What excites you most this week? Oh God, I feel like the games this week have been insane. Um, I, like I said, I loved I loved the germany Colombia game. I thought that was brilliant. The, the Casado goal, I have not stopped watching on repeat. The detail of that goal was incredible. I don't believe we'll find a better goal all tournament. If that was in the men's game, you know, if that was messy, we would be talking about it for years to come. Yeah. So I absolutely love that game. I actually love more than anything the shock results and the fact that I love seeing how far the women's game's grown because all these nations that you would have written off and not expected to, you know, challenge anyone, most of them have really competed and gave such a good account of themselves. And the shock result, I'm, I'm an underdog fan, so I'm same, loving that. Same, same, same. <laughs> um, listen, it was an absolute pleasure as always. I will see you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, we'll bring you coverage, don't forget, as England take on China on Tuesday. Kickoff from 12 noon, Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson bringing you commentary from that game. And we will speak to Remy Allen again soon, no doubt. Thank you to Remy, to Serena Viegman, to Georgia Stanway, Bethany England, Katie McCabe, Vera Powell, Courtney sweetman Kerr. Shabana Hearn, Charlotte Richardson, Alfie Reynolds, producers Maya Anuma, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you miss any of the shows live, you can download the Women's World Cup show via the TalkSport app. And next show is on Tuesday at 6pm live, where myself and Leanne Sanderson will be reflecting on the Lionesses' final group game against China.
Next here on TalkSport 2, it's My Unsung Hero with Steph Horton. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix... From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of Howard Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.